Hey weirdos, welcome to another episode of Midnight Morgue. I'm your host, Miss Morbid. It's after midnight, and you know what that means. It's time to get spooky. On tonight's episode, we're going to be focusing on haunted locations throughout America. So kick back and get ready for some creepy shit. I hope you guys are ready for this. I've compiled a list. With October coming up, I felt it was appropriate. I love spooky season, obviously. And I feel like I'm not alone in that. But October really is the only time of year when people applaud you for showing up to a party with an axe in your hand. It's an entirely themed month in which normally drugstores are filled with Dracula puppets and shriek laughing Count Draculas on an endless loop. And when those fun-sized sneakers constitutes as a legit breakfast (laughs) or as Reese cups, whatever's your thing. It's also the best time of year to step beyond mere horror movies to try and scare yourself silly just because you can. And I mean, who doesn't love a good scare, right? Every state has its spooky spots. And I'm not talking about spooky haunted mazes where chainsaw-wielding teenagers pop out at you to try to make you piss yourself. No, I'm talking about old mental hospitals, valleys filled with ghosts, cemeteries, and historic hotels. No matter how you scare, your state has a place to freak you the fuck out. So, yeah, I've done a little research, and I've picked my top scare spots for each state. Hopefully, it'll give you a scary story that you've been waiting all year to experience. Without further ado, let's get into it. It's what you're here for, right? First up on my list is the great state of Alabama, Maple Hill Cemetery. Old cemeteries are inherently creepy, but your average coffins filled with dust don't really trip the pants-shitting meter too much, if you know what I mean. No. What makes the site of my favorite Bama urgent legend so creepy is a playground. So in 1985, somebody decided to open a playground adjacent to Maple Hill, Huntsville's oldest cemetery. Probably so the children of parents mourning at graves had something to do. I don't know, that's it's a little morbid for even Miss Morbid. <laughs> but ever since it went up, people report seeing orbs of light going down the slide, swing, swaying with just a slight breeze. And they even hear giggles. And it's not just the graveyard spirits occupying the playground. Some locals even believe that the victims of a rash child murders in the 60s were buried nearby. Their spirits now having internal playdates with the cemetery's official residence. That is so fucked. I can't make this stuff up, guys. Just research it. Seriously, if there is anything on my list that you're just like, what? 
she's just fucking with me. I challenge you to research. Use your Google. I mean, (laughs) don't we all just over Google everything in our lives? Definitely research. Alaska, the Alaskan hotel. If you're not into scaring yourself with a long, dark walk through bone cold and only one match, well, good, fine. Just scare yourself in the fully heated, bear-free Alaskan hotel. This is the state's oldest operating hotel, and it's a legendary haunted spot, too. So the famous ghost to roam these halls is that of an old gold miner's wife who lived here while waiting for her husband to return. So when he didn't, she began supporting herself by working as a prostitute until he did return. Oh, shit. Cherry. Cherry. So when he came back, obviously he wasn't thrilled with her new career choice. He killed her. And now guests and staff regularly report encounters. No, not like that, you perv. But yeah, they have encounters with her ghost. Arizona, (laughs) Yuma Territorial Prison. Ask yourself whether during the westward expansion you'd want to be locked up in anything called a territorial prison and then jump ahead 100 years to you haunting the hell out of the place if like 100 plus inmates died inside those walls. Not one to shy from a rep of locking people into hot, dark places Arizona has designated this a state historical park, easily one of the creepiest in the nation. It's one of the most haunted spots in Arizona. Guys report feeling chills when they pass cell 14, where an inmate doing time for crimes against nature killed himself. In the so-called dark cell, prisoners in pitch black solitary went mad chained to ring bolts in the walls. There's one thing that I've learned, it's that prisons or insane asylums or hospitals that are still standing, these are all no-goes for me. Like, (laughs) paranormal shit, I feel like it's to be left alone. But there's always these crazy white people that are just like... (laughs) What are you doing this weekend? Oh, nothing. Well, you know, we can go, I don't know, fuck around with some ghosts and get haunted the rest of our lives. Maybe get possessed. Who knows? (laughs) White people. I don't, uh oh, and just for the record, I'm white. So just, I can, I can say that. Arkansas, the Arlington Hotel, long reputed to be haunted. This grand 94-year-old hotel is a fine place to let your imagination run wild. It's so big and so old, it's probably where you'd choose to stay a while if you were a ghost too. So history weighs on this place as well as your mind. Four presidents have stayed here, plus Babe Ruth and Al Capone. Outside, the old-timey lamplights guide your walk through the downtown spring-fed spas that draw visitors to this resort town. It's very ghostly and ominous. I was looking at pictures of the Arlington Hotel and it just, you know, I don't know if it was Stephen King's um, muse for the, for the 1408, but 
if you look at it, it kind of, it kind of gives you that feel. It's, it's kind of similar in my opinion. Again, I don't, don't quote me on that, but it does, it does have that feel. Moving on to California, Heaven's Gate mass suicide site. The golf course-strewn San Diego suburb of Rancho Santa Fe regularly makes most expensive zip codes in the USA's lists. A lot of people want to live here. It's it's literally high, high um, real estate property. So in 1997 came a stunner. The world learned it was home to Heaven's Gate, a cult whose 39 members drink poison Kool-Aid as the Hellbop Comet passed Earth, believing that aliens behind the comet would rapture their souls to heaven. Even weirder than the mass suicide was their preparations. Their bodies were found dressing in black sweatshirts and sweatpants, Nike sneakers, and faces covered with purple cloth, all while carrying $5.75 in one pocket. A toll people speculated, to catch a ride on the comet. Each member had taken shifts, serving vodka, cocktails, and tying plastic bags over the fellow members' heads before submitting to the ritual themselves. The group's founder, Marshall Applewhite, took his own life only after making sure that everyone else was dead. The grisly death pact took place in a multi-million dollar mansion, later torn down after the property became a tourist attraction. The town also changed the street name, and the still vacant lot remains a pilgrimage site. Visitor, visitors can also check out an exhibit dedicated to the cult suicide at the San Diego Sheriff's Museum in Old Town. Trippy. So if you've ever heard the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid, now you know. Don't drink the fucking Kool-Aid. Colorado, the Stanley Hotel. If you've ever read or seen Stephen King's The Shining, you'll know the feel of this often snowbound hotel. It's the location of Stephen King's base, his Overlook Hotel upon. And it may not look like the film, I mean, unless you watch the 1990s made-for-TV movie version in which it was actually shot there, but it holds rumors of haunted rooms and service workers who still wander the grounds. I don't know, but I do know that the high altitude, I feel like it does, it does warn you about the altitude. It is, it is so high up, but maybe just having one or two drinks would make anybody with that kind of mindset feel like they're seeing ghosts. But if it spooked King, then I'm going to go ahead and, and check that box. Yes, haunted. Connecticut, the Curtis House Inn. Fearsome celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay. I love Gordon Ramsay. That being said, the man scares the shit out of me, and if he started screaming at me, I would probably be reduced to a puddle of tears. <laughs> Why are you screaming at me, man? Just fucking stop, okay? Gordon Ramsay once featured Connecticut's oldest inn on his appropriately titled reality show, Hotel Hell, bringing a paranormal investigator to corroborate what locals and visitors have been claiming for centuries. The place is haunted. 
Ramsey's unsettling difficulty exiting his room during a five-day five stay could have been due to a faulty hardware. But try telling that to the guests who reported disembodied voices, mysterious footsteps, and unwelcome otherworldly bedfellows throughout the inn's 265-year history. Apparent entities are believed to be the former inn owners, guests, and perhaps most terrifying for anyone who works there. You know, former employees who clocked in, but then they never clocked out. Delaware. Fort Delaware. Civil War prisons were a particularly unpleasant place to be incarcerated back in the 1860s. What with the rampant gangrene, amputations, and war-induced psychosis? The spirits of the Confederate soldiers interned at this former Union prison are said to haunt the imposing granite and brick behemoth that sits shot ferry ride from Delaware City on Peapatch Island. During October weekends, the Diamond State Ghost investigators led a three-hour tour of the fort at 6.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. You can still do this. I'm not so sure with the pandemic, but just a shout out to them because, um, you know, that's pretty gnarly. Tickets are $50 a piece, but um, again, you'll need to check that out. It's Diamond State Ghost Investigators um, and see if see if that's still going on during the pandemic. I'm not sure. I mean, they're not sponsoring. I'm just giving a shout out because I know that tour. I've had a lot of members in my horror group who have said they've been on this tour and it is legit, man, like. They, they definitely got their money's worth to get scared. Florida. Fort East Martello Museum. Florida's horrors are seemingly endless, from haunted lighthouses to abandoned jails to whatever shows up in your newsfeed. <laughs> Don't eat the bath salts. But Key West's Fort East Martello Museum contains the OG Florida man, Robert the Haunted Doll. One of the inspirations for Annabelle, Robert was a gift given to the late artist Robert Eugene Otto. As a boy, Otto would blame the doll for all sorts of mischief. But the whole thing morphed from a cute little Calvin and Hobbes riff into something far more sinister. Bet you'll never look at Toy Story the same. <laughs> but Andy... Some say that the raggedy weathered little sailor doll is cursed. The cause of endless pain and suffering for those who disrespect him by taking his photo. Which sucks because, you know, he's the centerpiece of a goddamn museum. <laughs> who would want to take his fucking photo? I don't know. Pay admission. Take the picture. Others claim the possessed doll changes facial expressions. And he's prone to giggling when backs are turned. Regardless, he's creepy as shit. So just go pay him a visit. Just maybe don't take that picture after all. Georgia, Oakland Cemetery. Everyone loves an old, eerie cemetery, especially one steeped in Civil War history. Built in 1850, Atlanta's Oakland Cemetery, the city's oldest, largest cemetery, and among the most haunted places in Georgia, is home to Maynard Jackson, Bobby Jones, Margaret Mitchell, among many others. The cemetery includes a Confederate branch where visitors insist They've seen ununiformed soldiers 
wandering the grounds, and even hanging off the trees. Creep in as far as you dare, but be warned. Some have alleged that they've heard Confederate Army roll call among the tombstones and sworn that their name is called among that list. Hawaii. Big Island. Ah, Hawaii. Home to fiery luau's where island dancers welcome you with pounding drums, native chants, and blazing torches. All of which are awesome when those dancers are actually alive. Not so awesome when they're ghosts of ancient warriors marching through the islands armed to the teeth. But those are the night marchers. Legendary spirits who roam the islands at an eternal march to battle. Most longtime locals have stories about encountering them, mostly in specific spots spread throughout the island. The creepiest is on the northern shore of Hawaii. Though the park has some of the most scenic lookouts in the state, the pounding beats and chants of the night marchers echo, especially loudly through the valley when the night marchers decide to join you for a hike. Moving on to Idaho. Old Idaho Penitentiary. This prison, built way back in Idaho's pre-tater taught days in 1872, was closed for nearly 50 years. Today, it's a full-stop tourist attraction. Not unlike Alcatraz, you can tour the place, see where prisoners were held in solitary confinement, and even get a peek at the gallows from the very windows where some of the West's most notorious criminals waited to meet their maker. I'm getting tongue-tied reading from my notes, so if y'all make fun of me, fuck you. And I hope you piss yourself in your sleep. <laughs> I'm just playing. But seriously, my notes, I can't write for shit, guys. I really can't. It looks like, it looks like chicken scratch. Or, like I'm a doctor. Okay, if you're a doctor and you're listening to this, I love you. Thank you for saving lives every day, but you guys write for shit, so you know, moving on. So yeah, this place is haunted as fuck, largely by the prisoners who helped build it and ended their life sentences in the very walls they erected. Visitors report voices, a feeling of heaviness and seeing apparitions, both with their eyes and in photos. With respect to the world's largest potato, you can't get that kind of experience with Idaho attractions. You just can't. Illinois, Raven's Grin Inn. That just sounds freaky. I mean, kudos to them for the creepy factor. Raven's Grin Inn. Have you ever wanted to wander through the mind of a madman? <laughs> the owner of this haunted nook, the name of Jen Warfield, is mad in all the right ways. He's turned his house, he does actually live there by the way, into a maze of his spooky art prop gags, and not-so-safe-but-exhilarating three-story slide into the haunted wine cellar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Slide. Wine cellar. Oh, yeah. You'll laugh as much as you scream as he guides you through his ever-changing life's work. Fall is the busiest time of year, though. Naturally, but Raven's Grin is open year-round for when the spirited moon strikes in April. There's not much else to do in tiny Mount Carroll, so... Plan a pit stop at the corner bar before you venture inside because you might actually need to take a couple of shots before you go into that 
funhouse of hell. But doesn't that just sound fun? It's like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the slide down to the wine cellar and yeah, adulting done right. Indiana Historic Hannah House. This 24-room mansion hosts a range of ho-hum events. So like Easter egg hunts, Civil War reenactments, weddings, corporate gatherings. It's also reported to be haunted as a mother. So we're talking disembodied footsteps, cold spots, weird noises, strange smells, ranging from roses to rotting flesh, shadowy shapes starting about, and a man in a black suit suspected to be the structure's builder with the namesake of Alexander Hanna. Oh, and also um, a group of spirits of a group of runaway slaves who reportedly died there in a basement fire. So there's all that. Everything you would want in a wedding. And I'm pretty sure you can get that in a package. Joking. Regular tours are available. And there's even a Hannah House Paranormal Day celebration. Which for some reason takes place in August instead of October. But okay. I guess that's fine. Because if the stories are even a wee bit true. Every day is Paranormal Day in the Hannah House. Iowa. The Axe Murder House. For a truly one-of-a-kind night away, book in at the Axe Murder House. The aptly named home where eight people were axe murdered in their sleep back in 1912. The case is still unsolved, but the main suspect was a traveling minister who had taught at a nearby church the night that it happened and left town early the next morning. They offer tours and overnight stays. And you can even sleep in the very rooms that the scene of the bloody massacre occurred. You'll probably get the best sleep of your life, right? I mean, why not? Kansas, Stull Cemetery. Locals know this tiny cemetery in an unincorporated Kansas township as a portal to hell. <laughs> that sounds cheerful. Welcome to Stull, Kansas. Portal to hell. Have a nice day. Yeah, they said that the devil comes through twice a year. Okay, I don't know much about the devil. And I'm not insulting anyone from Kansas. But I feel like... I just, I would want to know why. Why Kansas? Why do you, why do you pit stop in Kansas twice a year? So as outlandish as that sounds, the ruins of a nearby church and the bizarre architecture will have you half believing the rumors. I say half believing because... I mean half believing. No satanic sightings have been confirmed. Imagine that. And anyone caught trespassing in the private cemetery can face a $1,000 fine. But that only makes it a more appealing dare for the jumpy teens and courageous stoners looking to make the trip. Yeah. Have fun. Kentucky. Sauerkraut Cave. I'm... Again... Research, Google, sauerkraut cave. While it got its name because it once served as a fermenting cavern for sauerkraut, sauerkraut cave earned its legend because it was located beneath the Lakeland Asylum for the Insane, an institution marred by accusations of overcrowding and mistreatment of patients. The cave beneath the now-raised asylum is believed to have been an occasional escape route for inmates, but there are also rumors of bodies being buried there and the cave being used as a discarding place for infants born in the asylum. 
Strange visions and ghostly voices have been reported by many who have explored it, as well as hearing the cries of small infants. Louisiana, St. Roch Chapel, and the Yellow Fever Shrine. In the 19th century, a yellow fever epidemic swept New Orleans. But Reverend Peter Thivis, the pastor of the Holy Trinity Catholic Church, had a plan. He prayed to St. Rock, who's most identified with good health and healing, asking for members of his parish to be shielded from the disease and promising to build a shrine for the saint in gratitude. While 40,000 New Orleans died in the epidemic, no one in Father Thivis's community perished. Today, pilgrims still visit the St. Rock's Chapel, leaving offerings around the shrine. Among the artifacts, children's polio braces, crutches, rows of prosthetic legs, plaster feet, false teeth, and fake eyeballs. In other words, it's a real-life haunted house. Maine. Okay, I'm going to stop here because Maine is probably number three on my bucket list to visit. If you listened to my first episode, you know that I'm a huge Stephen King fan and Maine is like King Capital. So anyways, Maine, yes. Mount Hope Cemetery. You know who grew up in Maine? Stephen fucking King. AKA the dude who wrote Pet Cemetery, which makes it no surprise the 1989 film adaptation was filmed here. For extra scares, watch the movie before a nighttime stroll through this creepy 181 year old cemetery and see if you can find the spot where Gage was buried. On the way, you'll see some of the first Civil War monuments ever constructed and grave markers that date back all the way to 1836. If you're not skeeved enough yet, though, Bangor is also the location of King's house. <gasps> freak out, freak out, fangirl, freak out. Fronted by route iron gates decorated with bats. Both are part of the several Stephen King tours, which take you to sites around Bangor that inspired his novels, which are nearly all of his novels. If you know anything about King, you know that he writes from real life. And then he puts his little creepy twist on them. So definitely check out Maine. Maryland Coffin Rock. The Blair Witch Project. One of the creepiest films. Mm, arguably creepy. I guess not everyone feels that way. I feel like that it was definitely a cult classic. And for that reason, before the days of paranormal activity, garbage, there was Blair Witch. And it was kind of the pioneer for the found footage films. So for that reason, creepiest film in low budget Hollywood history. Still pulls forest to Burkittsville, Maryland. To find where most of the film was shot though, you need to head into Black Hills Forest about 20 minutes west of town to find Coffin Rock. It's a large flat rock near a creek in the middle of the woods and in history, it's where a Maryland search party went missing in 1886 in an attempt to find a missing eight-year-old Robin Weaver. The kid eventually returned to town, but the search party never returned. A second search party found disemboweled bodies bound at the hands and feet on Coffin Rock. Those bodies later vanished when the search party returned with backup to help. 
Local legend attributes all of this to the so-called Blair Witch. You can, of course, retrace these steps in history. Just bring a flashlight and a good pair of running shoes if you do. Not a lot of people know that Blair Witch was loosely based off of a true story, but in fact it was. So, the more you know. Massachusetts, of course, Lizzie Borden, Bed and Breakfast. There's a reason I left off Salem. For those of you that are sitting there screaming at your phones or, yeah, like, what about Salem? Salem is the most haunted. Okay, yes, totally noted. But I plan on doing an entire episode completely dedicated to Salem and the Salem Witch Trials. So, for that reason, we're going to go with location number two. The Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. You've likely heard that rhyme. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Well, you know, you can not only visit the scene of that famous 1892 double homicide, but you can also sleep in the Borden's home. You can eat their last meal, which was Johnny Cakes, a thick cornmeal pancake and eggs, and spend the night in the bedroom where the body of Lizzie's stepmother, Abigail, was found. After a stay there, this home is painstakingly furnished to look exactly as it did on the morning of the murders, and that will probably creep you the fuck out, because I know it would me. When I was looking and researching this for this episode, I noticed that they literally have not changed much. I mean, the crime scene photos versus... This is pretty much spot on, which is kind of creepy, kind of cool. So better though, the 175-year-old house hosts up to 20 overnight guests, one of whom will invariably pull out the house Ouija board and uh, try to contact Lizzie. I'm sure that you're going to sleep like a baby if you so decide to stay in the board-in house. Also, Ouija board, mm, violent death, let's not. Let's just, let's be smart. Yeah, I like living. Michigan, I have a very um, sentimental tie to Michigan. And those who know me in real life know why. But I could say my heart, my heart belongs to Michigan. South Manitou Island. If there's one island that comes packed with its very own creepy legends and haunting history, it's South Manitou Island, 16 miles offshore from the peninsula featuring 300-foot sand dunes, deserted shoreline, and empty campgrounds. It's about as creepy as you can get in Michigan. One legend suggests that a ship of stricken passengers stopped at the island. Sailors buried them in a mass grave while some were still alive. And if that alone doesn't stir you to set sail to the island, there are two cemeteries, a cedar forest where unbodied voices often heard, and off the coast is shipwreck of the SS Francisco Morazan, where a young boy is rumored to have died after an attempt of exploring on his own. It's kind of creepy. It's definitely kind of creepy. Minnesota, Wabasha Street Caves. Our favorite Minnesota haunt recently closed. So it was it was a restaurant for boss and my horror group was always talking about it. 
and I love the stories that some would tell. And it was going to be on my list, but since it's closed, I decided that um, since Minnesota is home to many haunts, I will talk about the Wabasha Street Caves. So it's one of the liveliest places on the list. It's an underground speakeasy from the 30s that still hosts weddings and parties. So good that the original folks never seem to have left. That apparently includes the ghost of three gangsters who, in the cave's bootlegging days, skipped out on their check by getting murdered and buried in the floors. Wow, so the whole dine and dash thing didn't go so well, huh? To this day, people report seeing uninvited, very dapper guests roaming the halls, along with their ghosts of a bartender and a madam. Tours are offered. Again, check because of the pandemic. Big bands every night are the norm. Just uh, make sure that if you choose a dance partner, they actually have a pulse. Mississippi. University of Mississippi Medical Center. This gothic-ass state loves scary legends, let me tell you. was doing the research on Mississippi, and I'm impressed. The devil roaming Delta crossroads, ghost haunting the mansions, but a very real side of horror resides in Jackson. Back in 2014, construction workers beginning a parking lot came across a mass grave of about 7,000 former Mississippi state lunatic asylum residents buried around the turn of the century. The asylum closed more than 80 years ago, but it wasn't uncommon in those days for deceased patients together and put them in unmarked graves. Estimating that the cost for outside contractors to remove and rebury the remains would cost an extra $21 million or so, officials decided to let them rest in peace where they were until they can exhume the bodies through university channels and build a historical center where the parking lot would have stood. I guess until they do that, it's one hell of a spooky place to pay your respects to the anonymous thousands of dead which is both morbid and incredibly sad, if you really think about it. Missouri, Main Street. This multicolored main drag looks like the perfect setting for a Midwestern horror movie. It's charming. It's peaceful Main Street in the United States. It's actually haunted by dozens of roaming spirits. The legend dates to 1853, when the old... Borromeo Cemetery was moved, and a number of the graves they dug up had no bodies in them. Those spirits are rumored to haunt the shops at 700 South Main Street, where objects vanish and mysterious cooking smells emerge, as does apparently a deep French-speaking voice. The hound is also haunted by a community college. Um, it's a haunted high school and a haunted forest, so those are, those are honorable mentions. <laughs> Like I said, Missouri's got, got a ton of haunted locations, so it was hard to narrow it down to just one. Montana, the Fairweather Inn. If you've ever been borderline homicidal because the kids in the next hotel room won't shut the fuck up, steer clear of the Fairweather Inn. The lone hotel in this former gold mining town is said to be haunted by the ghosts of children who get into all manner of shenanigans. They move your luggage, turn the lights on and off, and generally annoy the hell out of you. The city's now closed 
Bonanza Inn was also said to be haunted by the ghost of an old nun who was presumably better behaved, I think, than the children. Let's hope. Nebraska, Seven Sisters Road. We all get mad at our family members. Most of us get over it and just get them crappy Christmas presents afterwards. <laughs> You're getting fruitcake this year, Karen. Yeah. Hmm. Love it. We do not, however, take all seven of our daughters out to separate hills and kill them, as one deranged Nebraska man did over a century ago. The road that runs between the side of each gruesome crime is marked as County Road L on the map, but it's named after the sisters who died there. Cars driving through routinely report headlights going dim or electrical systems failing out completely, leaving their cars stalled in the eerie darkness with the screams of young women echoing through the hills. I think it's a perfect choice for a pleasant drive on All Hallows Eve. Definitely a good date. It would be interesting, and hey, you'd have a story to tell. Nevada. Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. Nevada is full of ghost towns, but there's a lot and I can't go through all of them. As I said, I could only pick one from each state. So I'm picking this one. All of them are really spectacularly spooky. But for the purposes of naming the scariest place in the state, I'm going to have to say that that distinct honor needs to go to Zag Baggins' Haunted Museum. It's a collection of curiosities curated by the paranormal investigator and host of the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures. I know you guys have seen it. Stop playing like you haven't. It's actually a really good show. So housed in a supposedly haunted historic old mansion built in 1938, the 11,000 square foot museum is stuffed with assorted paraphernalia paying homage to death in a variety of forms. The haunted museum has over 30 rooms of terrifying objects, including Jack Kravankia's death fan, the Daibuk box, a wine box said to be haunted by a demon from Jewish mythology. Um... The original Dracula's Cursed Mirror, an exhibit featuring the demon-possessed rocking chair that Baggins was previously forced to shut down. But I heard it's open again. Uh, Charles Manson's bone fragments, toe tag, and several other items associated with the murderous cult leader. Prescription pill bottles found at the scene of Truman Capote's death. Peggy the Possessed Doll, items from the notorious demon house in Gary, Indiana. And that's just a few items there's hundreds of other ones even if you're skeptical regarding the supernatural especially of uh, the lure around some of these items there's something seriously spontaneous about just being inside this house and i don't care skeptical or not the serial killer memorabilia is very much real and if that doesn't fucking freak you out albeit interest you then um i don't know what to say get therapy on weekends through November 2nd this year, uh, check because I couldn't find a definite as far as the pandemic goes, but um, he usually presents the Carnival of Souls. It's a circus held in a tent in the museum's parking lot, and I have heard it is a wicked good time. So check that out. Look into it. Find out if they're still having it. It sucks. COVID sucks, dude. 2020 sucks. All this shit to do, and some of it's getting canceled. 
but you know, they can't cancel Halloween because that's a day, that's a lifestyle, and I mean, it is what you make of it. So just kind of keep that in mind. New Hampshire, Mount Washington Hotel. For a real-life version of Stephen King's Room 237, look no further than the Mount Washington Hotel. The tale of Carolyn Stigney sounds like the worst Disney princess story ever. She married the hotel's founder, who died right before the construction was completed. She then remarried into European royalty, but alas, she passed too soon after. So she never checked out of Mount Washington, though. She appears in people's photos as a hazy apparition. Floats around the hallways and is regularly a fixture in room 314. Apparently, her favorite place to challenge the notion of a five-star accommodations. The four-poster bed she slept in remains in that room, where you can still hear her voice. I mean, some say. I don't know. I haven't been there. But judging by the reviews that I researched, yeah, you can hear the voice. New Jersey, the Devil's Tree. 181 Mountain Road. It's in Baskin Ridge. A lot of these don't have precise locations, so I thought I'd give you that one. Out of context, the tree silhouette alone is enough to inspire nightmares. A warped, half-dead, oak-looking tree looming in the middle of a lonely field, with dozens of axe markings lining its trunk. Then there's the gruesome history. A purported meeting place for the KKK notorious suicide site and rumored gateway to the depths of hell there's a lot of these these gateways popping up different places so i don't i don't know there's a lot of gateways the devil's tree is infamous among locals and has evolved into a chilling tourist attraction so the legend has it anyone who harms a tree will suffer swift and violent revenge so naturally, it has become a tradition for ballsy teens across the Garden State to take a piss on its trunk. But do so at your own risk. You might just lose your life or your manhood to this tree's sinister curse. Also, that's just fucking nasty. You don't fucking piss on that tree. What the fuck? New Mexico. Dawson Cemetery. There are tons of ghost towns around the southwest usually as a result of the Depression or because they were cut off by highways. Dawson is mm, different. Once a boomtown, thanks to the coal mine, things took a turn in 1913 when an explosion killed 250 or so workers. One of the biggest industrial disasters in American history, Dawson forged on for 10 more years when another accident claimed 123 workers. Today, all that's left is a cemetery, which of course is considered one of the most haunted places in America, a magnet for people actively seeking to be scared shitless. Many report seeing eerie lights, you know, the kind you'd see on the front of a mining helmets, floating around the gravestones, with others see dirty specters with very outdated clothing roaming about. New York, the United States Military Academy. If the Tudor-style architecture and all-around dismal creepiness of this campus doesn't give you the heebie-jeebies, then the school's reported ghost sightings will. Back in 1972, cadets claimed to have seen a ghost in a very outdated school uniform, roaming around 4714 
a room no longer in use. Other ghost stories have made their way into the school's chatter, most notably the ghost of former superintendent Colonel Irish, Maid Molly, who haunts the basement of Quarters 100. She can be seen tossing bed covers in an otherwise orderly room and borrowing and moving guest sessions. North Carolina. Now this one might surprise some people who are familiar with the property. It's a major tourist attraction, but notably, it's also one of the most haunted places in the state. I'm talking about none other than the Biltmore State. The largest private residence in the entire country is, of course, housing some ghosties up in those 135,200 square feet. The former vacation home of George Washington, Vanderbilt II, is now considered one of the most haunted places in North Carolina. George himself has been spotted chilling in the library, and his late wife, Edith, wanders around calling out his name. Where is he? He was supposed to be down here. That man, I could never find. Yeah, I feel you, Edith. Oh, I feel you. Husbands suck sometimes. Not all the time, though. Saving face. There's also a headless orange cat roaming the gardens. That's freaky. Echoes of laughter and splashing water in the empty pool. There's also disembodied voices heard throughout the 250 rooms. So, I don't know, but um, I did look at the website, and you can get a day pass for $40, but they do have overnight options, so it's, it's really a beautiful property. So, if you want to check it out, I encourage you to do so. North Dakota, the Haunted Fort. When you suffer one of the most famous military defeats in U U.S. history, there's only one thing to do. You go back and you brood about it, even after you're dead. That's one possible explanation for the paranormal activity around the Custer House. Staffers have reported hearing strange noises and footsteps coming in after dark, but during weekends in October, it serves as the finest haunted attraction in North Dakota. Visitors start out at the house where monsters and ghosts pop out from every corner, then move through a creepy parade of clowns and barracks filled with zombies. That's crazy. Again, some of these places with these events, definitely check. I cannot stress this enough. I don't want anybody making plans and then realizing, oh, shit, we're still in 2020 and COVID and it sucks. We're here now. Ohio, Ohio State Reformatory. Ohio has its fair share of creepy shit, but this massive stone castle is basically held disguised as Hogwarts. I'm serious. The majestically spired campus housed over 200,000 inmates over its history from 1896 to 1990. A tour through here on a normal day is grim, but during scare season, it transforms into the biggest prison-based haunted attraction in America. It's basically escape from blood prison. The cells and hallways are filled with undead inmates and faucet-stripping blood, turning the already creepy reformatory into a bona fide fucking nightmare. Definitely check that out. That's something I've always, I've heard a lot of people say that they've done and it's, it's really worth it. So if you're in that area, if you're in that area and you've done this, you've been to the Ohio State Reformatory, shoot me an email at, at midnightmorgpodcast at gmail.com. 
and just kind of let me know your experience because I really, I really am interested in that. That's, I've heard from a few people that it's awesome, but you know, I always want to hear from more. Let me know how it is. Is it worth it? I know that like, uh, tickets were like $25 a person, so that's not bad, but again, just, I want to, I want to hear some reviews, good or bad, don't care. Oklahoma Hex House. This intense, immersive haunted attraction is based on a disturbing true story from the 1940s. This is a woman named Caroline Smith mind-controlled two young women into living in her unheated basement, doing her bidding and giving her all their money. Smith's brick house became a popular Halloween destination in Tulsa until it was torn down in the 1970s. Hex House takes that tale and runs with it with hair-raising special effects designed to put you in a hypnotic trance. Hex House is very interesting. I've done a lot of research on it, and I want to do an entire episode dedicated to it. So, I like that they've turned it into an attraction as well. Oregon. The Shanghai Tunnels. The first things you notice when you enter the creepy, dank labyrinth of the tunnels per reviews would be the Portland's bustling Chinatown. Piles and piles of shoes covered in centuries worth of dust, according to lore, which some claim is bullshit, that they were taken from kidnapped victims to prevent their escape across the glass-strewn floors. See, back in the late 1800s, I believe, Portland was a hot spot for Shanghai, a human trafficking technique in which unsuspecting people were drugged and dragged into these tunnels. It was originally built to keep goods dry while hauling them to the to the river port, but accessible through many of Portland's downtown bars and restaurants, the tunnels are eerie enough on their own. But the sight of cells scattered around, plus areas formerly used as underground opium dens, takes it to a next fucking level. Pennsylvania Eastern State Penitentiary, known locally as ESP, already a creepy touch. The 1829 prison intended to value reform over punishment. At a time when America was embracing the foundation of penitentiary. Instead, this became a real house of horrors and the testing location for a number of reform techniques that included paranoia inducing, now synonymous with a constant threat of surveillance, the mix of weird science, gigantic, brutal architecture, and famous inmates like Al Capone and famous bank robber Willie Sutton. Serves as a perfect staging ground for the stories that I have read about the Eastern State Penitentiary. Rhode Island White Horse Tavern. So let me begin this tale like basically every ghost story you're told at a sleepaway camp with a pair of drifters. Two men show up at a tavern in 1720 looking for a room for the night. The next day, the owners found one dead by the fireplace, and the other had completely vanished. A specter now chills by the fireplace, daring people to solve his freak death. There has also been encounters with a colonial-looking dude in the upstairs bathroom, and they've heard mysterious footsteps all over the place. Coincidentally, there's another White House tavern in New York City with high ghost hunter interest. It's um, where... Poet Dylan Thomas drank himself to death. 
And apparently, dude still hasn't learned his lesson as he occasionally pops up at his regular table drinking his poison of choice. <laughs> so, yeah. South Carolina, Bernard Plantation Ruins. The South is crawling with ghosts and mosquitoes. Fuck these mosquitoes. Especially on former plantations. Both of slaves and of the overseers who are rightfully damned to walk the grounds for eternity. Shame on them. But unlike the historically preserved plantations that can be toured throughout the region, the Boehner Plantation is in ruins. It in itself is enough to give your stomach in knots, even before the creepiest part. Apparently, if you stick around at night, a freaky-ass funeral procession for namesake William Baynard will pass by. You'll even hear it. Maybe you'll see it or feel it. Either way, this place isn't really known for its living repeat visitors. South Dakota. Sikahala State Park. Sikahala is admittedly gorgeous. It's full of wildlife, waterfalls, beautiful trails. But it takes a special kind of person for the state parks division to make it a recreational area when the name literally means bad or evil in the Dakota language. Iron deposits of Sika, pronounced Sika, tint the streams red, but it's not just the blood color of the water, especially at night in the fall, that makes it so fucking eerie. According to Dakota legend, one winter, long ago, a stranger named Hond, Hond, H-A-N-D, came into the hollow. He showed no respect for the land or for the traditions of the tribe, who decided to banish him when spring arrived. Han didn't go so quietly, though, and was ultimately destroyed by Thunderer, the messenger of the Great Spirit, whom the Dakota had called upon for help. Though defeated in death, Han's evil lingers in the hollow. People also report hearing drums and seeing figures along the trail, the spirits therein. So, um, yeah, enjoy that bird watching if you head up there. Let me know how that goes. Tennessee, the Bell Witch Cave. Every kid in Tennessee grows up scared of the Bell Witch, daring each other at sleepovers to say, I hate the Bell Witch, a hundred times in front of the bathroom mirror to summon her malevolent spirit. In the early 19th century, Kate, the Bell Witch, ghost tormented the Bell family in Adams, Tennessee, is residing in a cave behind their property. Besides pinching, pulling hair, and taunting their visitors with the strange sound, she reportedly tried to choke John Bell. It's been placed on the National Historical Register, though, and according to tour guides that I looked into, visitors have felt sensations of being pushed, touched, or held down by heavy weights. The famous haunting even spooked Andrew Jackson when he visited. By the Eternal, I saw nothing, but I heard enough to convince me that I'd rather fight the British than deal with the torment that they call the Bell Witch. Texas Yorktown Memorial Hospital. For Texas, scares this Halloween, you definitely should look into the Texas Chainsaw-themed haunted house in Houston. Just throwing that out there before we get into this. But anyways, back to the Yorktown Memorial Hospital. Abandoned since 1988 in one of the most haunted places in Texas, over 2,000 patients died there. Old beds, gurneys, mirrors, chairs, and other medical equipment are still inside to this day. 
And visitors have described inexplicable apparitions, whispers, shadowy figures in the hallways, wheelchairs rolling unpushed by anything that they can see, and a particularly terrifying talking doll in the nursery that asked, Do you love me? So, um, go check that out. Take some pictures. Take some videos. And then send them to me, because I want to see. Utah. Castle of Chaos. Until 1998, the Utah State Mental Hospital in Provo hosted an annual haunted house staffed by actual patients. Yeah. But that was rightfully deemed barbaric and dehumanizing. The fact, like, step right up. See a schizophrenic person for $3.99. That's awful. I mean, who the fuck does that? These days, people in Utah get their creepy kicks out of the Castle of Chaos in Midville, the only completely underground haunted attraction. I definitely want to throw that in there for you to look. It's got a labyrinth of, like, vampire zombies and all that. But, yeah, um, the Castle of Chaos, that's awesome. But the real haunted is the Utah State Mental Hospital. I cannot believe that they used real patients, which is just, I don't know, that's mind-blowing to me. Vermont. Lake Bomacine State Park. There's an old saying in Vermont that we totally, I just, I totally made it. Every inn is basically fucking haunted. Totally just made that up. (laughs) That means for something to truly freak you out, it has to be more than just the disembodied spirit of some old-timey specter watching you eat your eggs, Benedict, on a high-thread count sheets. Because literally everywhere I looked into at Vermont had some sort of paranormal history tied to it. So... (laughs) but the abandoned town of West Castleton is like Vermont's answer to the ghost towns of the old West. It's once a big industrial boom town. It's now empty except for a few ghostly residents that refuse to leave among them, a boatman that's been spotted rowing across a tranquil lake, leaving no ripples in the water en route to a happy hour at a tavern that will never open again. These days that lake is part of a beautiful state park. Meaning you can pretty much visit whenever you please. Just maybe don't take any unsolicited boat rides. Virginia, Bacon's Castle. There is no shortage of spooky and sinister places to visit in Virginia. That's for damn sure. After all, old battlefields are some of the most haunted grounds anywhere. But if it's a haunted house that you're after, Bacon's Castle. It was built in 1665, and it's the oldest brick home in the country. People have reported encountering disembodied voices, whales floating heads, books flying off the shelves, rockers are rocking, and unwanted visitors being pushed around. Washington, Northern State Mental Hospital. Are you starting to see a trend? I'm starting to see a trend. The abandoned remains of this old farm, once home to as many as 2,700 mental patients, is one of the creepiest places in Washington. The self-sustaining asylum ran from 1912 to 1973 and had a lumbar mill, a library, a greenhouse, a bakery, canning facilities, and other amenities. Now, though, it's just essentially a ghost town. Remnants of the buildings are said to be haunted by patients who died during transordial 
lobotomies. Oof, rough way to go. Some buildings are still in use and others are just off limits. But on the website I read, it says that you can still view the adjacent cemetery at any time. Washington, D.C., the Congressional Cemetery. Capitol Hill's Congressional Cemetery dates all the way back before the Civil War and served the final resting site for tons of government honchos, including a vice president, Supreme Court justice, six cabinet members, 19 senators, and 71 representatives. The first director of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, Marine Corps Band Director John Philip Sousa, are also there on the premises. See? West Virginia. Trans Lunatic Asylum. Known these days as the Weston State Hospital, this massive gothic asylum housed many of West Virginia's mentally ill from 1864 to 1994. Though designed for 250 people, it once held 2,400. That's some cramped quarters. That kind of overcrowding made for some truly miserable souls, many of whom are reported to still haunt the hospital, understandably. They do offer paranormal tours there, just so you're aware. Again, not sure right now, but um, the last I heard that they did offer tours. Wisconsin, the Fister Hotel. When a bunch of tough guy pro baseball players refuse to stay in a hotel, there's probably something weird afoot. The Fister is among Milwaukee's finest hotels, which is why many visiting sports teams put their players up there. But it also happens to be among the most haunted hotels in the world. And so many Major League Baseball players have complained about ghostly encounters. Reports such as strange knocking and pounding noises, TVs turning on and off by themselves, their belongings just moved or missing, that many now refuse to stay there. Even Joey Lawrence has a Fistruco story. So in the words of a former MLB player, Michael Young, oh no, fuck that place. Of course you can book yourself that room. Go ahead and do it. I'm encouraging you. Wyoming. Wyoming Frontier Prison. Wyoming's first state penitentiary was about as miserable as you'd expect a stone prison on a cold, whistling prairie to be. It didn't have hot water until 1978. It did have something called the punishment pole, to which prisoners were handcuffed, then whipped with rubber hoses. It's been closed since 1981, but you can still go there by guided tours, I believe. Um, they have a death house, which housed inmates on death row, the gas chamber, and they have offices left exactly as they were for the guards. Just, just crazy. That pretty much wraps up my list. I'm sure there are so many, and it would take me forever to investigate every haunted location in all 50 states. But if you know of any, and you just must have them on my next list, I do plan on doing a part two at some point. 
And I would love to hear from people who have actually had first counter encounter experiences. Because I, I love reading reviews. I feel like that's where you get most of your, your factual information is through people being there and experiencing it. But until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for listening to my bumbling ass trip over my own words at times. And fuck you if you laughed, man. <laughs> Laugh away. I'm laughing. Sour dreams. And uh, good night.